get comfortable being uncomfortable. If you want to be successful in business, there is no growth in your comfort zone. There never will be. And you really need to be grading yourself daily, weekly. How uncomfortable have I made myself? Because that's where your fear is lying at, right? And, and probably that thing that you're most fearful of is exactly what you should be doing. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast, your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. I am your host, Ron Phillips. And uh, man, I've got, a, I've got a really cool, cool show for you guys today. I'm going to jump right into it because we got so much to cover that I really don't want to you know, sit here and talk about the weather uh, today and, and how everything's going because I've got uh, Jason Roberts and Rachel Schneider. And I met, man, I met these guys, Jason, how long has it been? Maybe uh, three or four years ago. Yeah, I would say somewhere around there. And I was so impressed with Jason's story. Um, I've just kind of stayed in contact with them and watched what they've been doing. And I invited them on the show today to talk a little bit about what they're currently doing because, and we'll talk about it in just a minute, but it's, it's impacting, you know, a ton of people's lives. And I think it's really, you guys are going to get a ton of out of it, but I wanted to give you just a little bit of what I know about Jason. And I'm not going to share um, all that because we're going to talk about some of this during, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to steal it from the beginning of this, but Jason's story is incredible, but he's done like 500 flips. These guys have done 500 flips or more. Um, they've got a hard money lending business. They buy apartments and commercial properties, owned a, a humongous mortgage company in the past, grew it to, I, I don't even remember how many uh, employees and I don't remember how many hundreds of, of millions of dollars you guys did. It was incredible when I heard this story. Um, currently, you know, doing the apartment stuff and the hard money lending stuff and some flips, but real passion project right now is REI Blueprint, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today, which is really when you break it all down, once you kind of hear what Jason and Rachel have, this is not even really an REI Blueprint. It's just a blueprint for life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what you guys are going to get out of this because we here we talk about life, we talk about business, we talk about real estate, and this blueprint that we're going to talk about today covers any one of them uh, and, and, and all of them. So, Jason, Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you for sharing some of your time with us. Man, thanks for having us. Always good to see you, brother. It's an honor to be able to, to share with your listeners whatever we can do to help. Awesome. Awesome. And Rachel is doing what everybody should be doing. That's right. Um, she's, out, she's out playing at Cloud9, uh, this like outdoor adventure park in, in Missouri, right? Yeah, right on the Missouri-Arkansas border. Uh, really cool. Great time. Really cool. I have been invited many times out there with Sean, and I've never gone like an idiot. So one of these days, I'm going to end up down there. Yeah, you absolutely have to do it. It's it's an incredible place. Nothing like it. So as we go through this blueprint, guys, what you should be asking yourselves is, how can you be playing at Cloud Nine Ranch uh, like Rachel is while you're running, um, you know, flip businesses, hard money lending businesses, buying apartments and commercial deals, and changing people's lives through REI Blueprint? That's what everybody should be thinking as we go through this today. I mean, that's really where it's at. So, Jason, Rachel, walk us through 
what is this? And I'd love for you to do it while telling kind of the, the background and the story um, that led you to this recipe and or to this to this blueprint and how it works. Tell us what the steps are and kind of walk us through it, and then I'll I'll jump in and ask you guys some questions as we go through. Right on, man. Well, I, I think I think what's important to note. I mean, you pointed out a lot of the successes, which which I appreciate and uh, makes you feel good. What 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 you didn't get into is I don't know if you call it a failure. I feel like on the other side of it, we learned more from that wipeout than I've learned from anything else in business. We've been entrepreneurs the last twenty years um, since two thousand one. And I think I learned more from being wiped out than I learned from a, a lot of those other things. But to add to the story, you know, we, we built the mortgage company up big, um, had close to 100 employees, more money than we could spend. Um, we weren't fiscally irresponsible. We saved a lot. We did, you know what I mean? We didn't live beyond our means. We didn't do that. I mean, we did a, a lot of things, but we didn't live beyond it. But when 2007 hit, it didn't matter how strong you were. I mean, there were 3,700 licensed mortgage banks in the state of Missouri at the beginning of 2007, by 2009, there were less than 300, just to give you, oh my. Give you an idea. Oh my so, it's over a 90% reduction, and, you know, one of the biggest revenue demographics that there is, which is real estate, you know, I mean, from realtors to real estate transactions, I mean, it's one of the biggest purchases you ever make in, a, in your life. And that entire industry was brought to its knees. I mean, I, I remember we took over an office space of one of the biggest commercial builders in the Midwest. And I, they, they just like left in the middle of the night. And I mean, they left their bank statements in these file folders and we're looking at them. I'm seeing hundreds of millions of dollars to the owner fled the state and, uh, you know, out of business. And that, that was really the same thing that happened to us. You know, it, it started in 07 and we go from bringing millions of dollars in, in a month to losing 70, 80, $90,000 a month month after month after month, you know, for, for two and a half years straight, Ron, I mean, that, that was kind of what happened and, and we couldn't stop it. There was no crystal ball. I mean, we tried to outwork it. Um, you know, we, we were absolute slaves to that business. I was in the office by 5.30 or 6 in the morning and most nights we left at midnight and we, we, we just could not work it. It didn't matter really what we did. There were no back-end investors to buy the loans that we would originate, so we couldn't originate them. Um, but, you know, those expenses don't stop. And when you have debt, even if it's even if it's good debt, right? Um, those uh, those payments don't stop. And you know, I, I found we found ourselves in a place where I lost my own home to foreclosure, cars repossessed. Um, I'd never paid a bill late in my entire life. I mean, we literally had hundreds of millions of dollars worth of lines of credits from banks that we funded loans with. I, I we go from that to uh, I mean, literally over a two and a half year period of time being basically homeless. Um, I was too proud to ask for help. You know, I, I was, you know, a lot younger than I am now at the time and uh, is what it is, you know, but, but we learned so much in that downturn. And I think a big part of what we want to talk about today is those lessons that we've learned. And I think it's timely um, with, with everything that's going on in the world right now. I think it, I, I definitely think it is, man. Everybody out there is, is wanting to know how to protect themselves against what you experience. What I mean, what you guys experienced is a most people don't experience the the positive side of that. Let alone have any comprehension of what it's like to go from millions of dollars coming in a month to literally losing almost you know a hundred thousand uh, dollars you know on a consistent basis with no revenue. That's right. You know, I mean, even the revenue that's coming in doesn't cover it. You're just, you're just out every single month. You're just, you're just writing checks. 
um, out of your, your savings. And, and you did that for two and a half years. And I agree, man. I, I think we always learn more from our, from our quote failures than we do from our successes. I mean, for sure. So, so what happened, man? What, what changed? I mean, you got your, you guys got your butts handed to you um, pretty hard over two and a half. That was a, that was a slow, painful death, man. Um, what changed? It was a really painful death. Um, I mean, it was, uh, I don't even want to utter the word depression because I'm not that guy. I don't, I don't want to own that shit. I, I don't want to bring that into me. But as, as close to something like that as you could say, I mean, it was like, you know, you're every single day I'm watching everything that we worked so hard for get stripped away day after day after day, you know? And I, I guess somewhere in there we woke up and said, you know what, if, if this situation is going to change, we've got to change. We've got to do something different because this approach isn't working anymore. We've got to try something different. And that, that's really what led us to real estate. You know, um, we, we were in a spot that we needed a new, we needed a new blueprint. You know, I, I really looked at what we had done for the last 10 years that had got us to the level of success that we had. And, and I tried to extract out of that, like if I could narrow all that success down to, to three or four things, that could be duplicated again in any industry, what would it be? And what I came up with was number one, you've got to have a recipe or blueprint. I, I don't mean goals. I don't mean uh, I want to flip a hundred houses or I want to be a rehabber or I want to invest in commercial real estate or I want to be a stock. Like that's a goal. I mean like a recipe or a blueprint, like a daily, what do I need to do? What are the action items that have to be accomplished in a business on a daily basis in order to hit a result at the end, you know, if you have a, 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 an income goal of a half a million bucks a year, that, that's all great, that's a goal, but what has to be done action-wise on a daily basis in order to hit that? You know, when you model anybody that's successful, that runs a successful business, they have a recipe or a blueprint, they have an operating plan that they work off of every day. The second thing that I pulled out of, of our success anyway was massive action. You know, we took action hardcore every day, or someone did, or our team did, like there, there has to be action. I see. For me, that, that part is easy. You know, I'm definitely a jump out of the plane, build my wings on the way down guy. Um, there's, right. there's, good, there's good with that and there's bad with that. You know, Rachel is definitely more, okay, slow down. I need to know step seven before I know step one. And God, God bless people like Rachel. That's yeah. <laughs> because uh, the jump out of the plane, build your wings on the way down crew um, would most likely die every time without someone like you. So, no doubt. <laughs> oh my gosh. She well, is and I think that that. I think the first thing is recognizing kind of which way that you are is so important too, because today Jason and I realize these things about that are opposite in ourselves and they really complement us and work well in our business where years ago um it kind of caused tension between the two of us in our business and so i think recognizing your what your style is and what your differences are and then using that as your strength right like that's almost my superpower is the fact that i am an analytical and i am in the details 
and he's very much opposite of that. But you, you have to recognize it first. And then you still, even if you're, you know, we're in a partnership, so we get that push of each other a little bit. And and some most of us in real estate investing, we're kind of on our own a lot of the time. And so you really have to set yourself up if you're that analytical person like me to condition yourself to push through that and still take action, right? Like I only get to analyze to this point and then it's massive action, right? And then I can come back and focus on what the next steps are and analyze those. And then I hit that deadline again and I have to take massive action because if not, you'll stay in this paralyzed space and nothing, you, you get no results there. Yeah, it's it's a hundred percent true. It's a hundred percent true. And I so we've talked about that on the show before, and everybody who's listened will will recognize that as the genius zone. She's calling it her superpower. Jason has one, Rachel has one, I've got one, you've got one. You need to figure out what it is, and then you need to use that as your strength, right? You need to you need to make that one of the pieces that allows you to take the massive action. I love the fact that you said, I'm the detailed person that doesn't stop me from taking massive action. Like at some point you have to take the details, you have to take the blueprint, you actually have to put it into to, to practice. There was one piece we kind of glossed over though. I want to go back. Okay, I'm going to hit rewind for a second, Jason, because something you said, I need to make sure we clarify for everybody because you said that we need a recipe or a blueprint right? This, this recipe that what we do every day, and then you need to take massive action. But you also told us that back in your other company, you never stopped doing that. You were working until midnight. You had to have been taking massive action. So what, what is the difference between then and now? Because you obviously had a recipe back then, or, or maybe you didn't, maybe you were just, you know, trying to outwork it being, you know, hardcore. I don't know, but what's the difference? Because Everybody heard that you were taking massive action back then, and now you're saying to do the same thing. There's got to be a difference. What's, what's, what's the shift? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, man, um, because massive action is still happening, but I'm, you know, we're, we're no longer a slave to that. And, and I guess what I mean by that is I, one of my very first real estate mentors, him and his business partner, are sitting across the table from me, and, and the guy says to me, you know, Jason, you, you think you're, uh, I can tell you think you're really special because you're good at business and, and you know, you, you build these companies and they're successful. And he was kind of getting in my shit a little bit, man. Like, like I, I never met this guy before. I'm thinking, who the hell is this guy? Red, you know, like getting on me like this. And he said, man, I, I know a lot of guys like you, uh, you know, that, that, are, that are successful, but are working 12 hours a day. Their, their wives don't know them anymore. Their kids don't know, you know, don't see dad. They're working a lot of hours and they're having success, but I think their definition of success is a little messed up. And then he said, you know what would be really impressive to me? If you could build the same kind of businesses that you like to build, working three or four hours a day instead of 12. Now that would be impressive. Uh, and I kind of like, it pissed me off at first, but it was the first time ever in my life that anyone had ever said, you know, I mean, I grew up, my dad worked for Anheuser-Busch, my whole family like was born and raised in the brewery and, and they worked seven, seven days a week, 12 hour shifts. And so that was beat into me as a child that your job as a man is to work and produce and, and bring in income and be a provider. And I didn't, you know what I mean? I just, it's crazy how what you learn as a child can stick with you like that. And so that was my, that was my blueprint then, you know, of, of just work really hard and success will come. That was the first time I had heard something different. And that was probably one of the best bits of business advice that I have ever received because it, it changed my whole way of thinking about business and about how to accomplish. I had always 
put myself on the assembly line. Like if we need to go from here to here, then I need to do those jobs in order to get there. And when he said that, what my mind realized is all those things still have to get done, but nowhere in there did it say that I had to do it. And so if, if all those things have to get done, it takes 12 hours to get them done, but I'm only available for four hours, then, then, then I need to think bigger. I need to think, Re, I need to think about my resources. I need to think who within our team can, can get these tasks done. Who, you know, who's a, a player in this category? Who's an A player in this category? And I think that's really when Rachel and I transitioned from being owner operators to real entrepreneurs. And it doesn't mean we don't work hard anymore, but it means that how we approach it is in a significantly different way. So the entire recipe changed, right? Yeah. It's not that... For for you specifically, that's right. The recipe the recipe to build the, to to make the cake may be the same. What you're saying is, maybe I'm the guy who goes and buys the ingredients, but I don't have to. I'm not the guy who's who's doing you know like putting it all together, and I'm not the guy who's baking the cake. Um, but the cake still gets made. Everything still happens, right? Exactly. And I think that's so. I think that's so important, especially hard for. A player type people because most of us are hard charging. We want to have our hands in everything. And in addition to that, in some cocky way, we all think we all think that we're better than everybody else at whatever it is. It doesn't even matter what it is, right? I'm I'm sure at some point, Jason, you thought, man, I could do the I could do this data thing better than than Rachel. And maybe Rachel back in the day, you were like, man, what Jason does is so easy. All he does is sit around and think, dream up ideas. How hard could that possibly be? I'm over here crunching data all day long. And, you know, the hard charging part of both of us are going, you know, I'm better at X, Y, Z than, than everybody else. And, oh, by the way, this thing over here, I'm better than everybody at that too. When in reality, generally speaking, we're not. Not at all. So this recipe, do you guys think, I've got my own opinion, but do, do you think the recipe for business, Rachel, I'll ask you first. Do, do you think the recipe for business success is different for every single business or is it generally the same thing for every single business with different pieces? I think it's generally the same thing with different pieces, right? That are tailored around your specific business. But I really feel like that blueprint, that recipe is universal. I really Jason do. And I, I think we complicate it by trying to make it very different. And that, that's something I've always seen in myself is overcomplicating it. Jason, you guys, I mean, you guys have been parts of many different masterminds. Um, I'm sure some of them with other people other than real estate folk. When you go in there, um, I think the thing that strikes me about business is that every business has the same stuff. We all deal with the same crap. It's just a different widget. Yeah. You know, the, the chiropractor is just providing a different service than a realtor who is providing a specific service. Every single other thing is the same. Therefore, this recipe you're talking about cannot be too much different for a real estate investor than it than it is somebody who's running a dental office or any other thing, right? And I, I feel like it is exactly the same. And, and you know, we got we got a good taste of this when one of our real estate coaching students, his fiance wanted to start a Spanish school. And she you know, had a, a one little brick and mortar location in Eureka, Missouri, which is a small town kind of in the middle of nowhere. 
And, and I started helping her in a coaching capacity. And I went to Rachel and I said, I don't know nothing about a Spanish school or, you know, education. I, I took three or four years of Spanish in high school, but I'm pretty sure I probably cheated or, or read the answers off my neighbor or something. Um, I, I did the best I could, but I, I could maybe order a beer or find a bathroom. That's about the extent of my, of my Spanish these days. Well, but, you left with some Spanglish. I got right. it. That's right. But, but we, but I saw the opportunity I, I, from a business perspective, I saw the opportunity and, and we, ended up buying a, a third of that company and we helped to grow it from uh, basically nothing to, I think we're in 38 different states now across the country. Uh, we employ hundreds of teachers, hundreds of teachers across the country uh, that teach aftercare Spanish to kids in, in school. And it, it's such a cool business, but that I knew nothing about and still really don't know anything about, but it's, it's, it's to your, I'm not, saying, hey, look at me, what I'm saying is that I think so many people, especially in real estate, get caught up on the mechanics of real estate. And it's, it's not the mechanics of real estate, in my opinion, that make people succeed or fail. It's their understanding of how to run a successful business that makes them succeed or fail. And most right. educators out there are teaching real estate concepts, which are important. You need to understand how to do a deal. But it's not, it's not your knowledge of how to do a deal, in my opinion, that makes you successful or not. It's your knowledge of how to really build a team, build an infrastructure, build a company that can duplicate a result over and over again consistently without you being the only one doing it. A hundred, a hundred percent. I could not agree with you even anymore on that. Um, so this recipe is, is really, really important. The next step I'd, I'd really like to talk about with, with both of you um, especially because Rachel is, you know, down having fun while, you know, I've got marble cutting going on in my house and I'm really jealous right now. Me too. How do you take, I want to know, how do you take massive action, Rachel? How do you do that without selling your soul to your business? Because there is, and I know you guys know this, but a lot of you out there listening have heard what I consider to be one of the biggest fallacies ever perpetrated onto a young entrepreneurs or even older entrepreneurs. And that is that you have to work your yourself to death in order to be successful. And here you're saying that we've got to take massive action. Well, the guys that I've heard that, that preach massive action, all I see them ever do is take massive action in business. I literally never see them have any fun except for that. They, they say as business is fun. So Rachel, you're out having fun. How do you take massive action and not sell your soul to your business? I'll, I'll tell you, I and because I was the same person. I, I thought that massive action meant that you work from the time you wake up in the morning until the time that you go to sleep. I was that person that booked vacations and then never went on them because I was going to stay here and work. It's really about working smarter. And, and it took me a while to realize that because I thought I was so smart, right? And was like doing all of the things right and was the best at all of those things. And really today, my, my big key, and I know that, that this has probably been talked about a lot, is I live by my vision to a T. And, and, and that for me sets the priorities of things. But in order for me to be able to take massive action, if I'm working four hours a day, those four hours a day have got to be on the things that are within my wheelhouse, that are my true strengths, so I can dive into them, knock them out, because the things that you're really good at are the things you enjoy doing, and 
it doesn't take you forever to get them done either, right? Because you like what you're doing and so you just dive into it. It's like that day before vacation, you get done in four hours what normally would have taken you three days. I work every day like that. Like every day I'm I'm off at two to go on vacation, you know, because that's my family time. But I stay in my wheelhouse. I stay in my strength zone and that is what I put my time and effort in. And I, we have built a team then around us where there are several people on our team where their strengths really complement mine. So they take on some, some of my workload, but they're A players. And at this point today, um, and I would have never admitted this a decade ago, they do those tasks better than I do. <laughs> I know, right? They do. They absolutely do. And they, and they run with it. And, and I, a big thing on our team is when you're in charge of it, you own it. So if you need something from me, like, although we're the boss, right, you demand it from me, like I demand it from you because it's holding your job up or, you know, whatever that part of it is. But it, it's having that team around us also where they all stay in their own unique genius, like you were talking about. Um, and I think that collectively is how, I'm able to take this massive action and accomplish so much in such a short amount of time and not be a slave to it. You know, I've got two young girls. We have two older kids, but two o'clock hits, that's their time. You know, we're going and doing whatever they want to do at that point. Um, and, and I never operated like that, that before. And so you really have to respect that vision. That that's the thing that keeps me driving. I feel like towards that. Awesome. I, I can't agree more. So my, my takeaway from the, from that is that it's massive action on a collective scale, right? So Jason, Absolutely. before you and Rachel, you guys were working individually all day long. You, I mean, you guys were plowing through, you know, individually trying to do everything. What you're saying is that massive action can be done by a whole bunch of team members, like everybody is is taking massive action, but nobody has to sell their soul. So you're not, if, at least let me know, let me not put words in your mouth. You guys are not saying that all these A players on your team, you're you're like basically whipping them, and they have to work their faces off. But you guys get to party at at Cloud Nine, and and you know, Jason, I don't know, I, I don't know what you're doing, but you, you you guys get to go party and do whatever you want, but. <laughs> Everybody else stay at the office and work, right? That's how we get to do that. It's not what you're saying, right? It's, it's not at all, man. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you brought that part up too because we're not doing this on anybody else's back. You know, when we we just brought it and brought in a new hire, actually today was his, his first day and we're super excited about uh, him being on our team. But when we you know sat down at the beginning, we said, this is this is probably a, a 25 or 30 hour a week job. And, and the reason is, is because we don't want to do this on anyone else's back either. And, and I think that, you brought up a good point in the massive action piece, and that is right people in the right places. We, we accomplished more today with a team of six or seven than we did with, with 100 employees 10 years ago, no, no doubt. And the reason is because back then there might have been 100 people, but everything, everything in that equation flowed through Rachel and I. We didn't empower and enable really great people to make decisions on their own, to do things on their own, to think on their own. We, we created this environment where, you know, if somebody wanted to order a, a, a roll of paper towels, I had to approve it. And, and it's so stupid, man. It's so stupid to think about yeah. the size of business and volume of business, but that, that entire org charter, or you know what I mean, uh, 
within a business, everything flowed through us. When, when I could have very, we had super quality people that we paid a lot of money to, a lot of, lot of six-figure salary people on our payroll that could easily have ran all their different departments. And we could have had a 20-hour work week back then, but we created a dependency environment where everyone needed our okay for everything. And you know, one, one, one really good thing that I learned in business was, was a response of, what do you think you should do? What do you think, what do you, think yep. you should do? Okay, yep. do that. And, and empowering people instead of, uh, not that we ruled like as a dictatorship, but, but really putting the right people in the right places and letting them know that they're trusted to make decisions on their own. Like Rachel said, own your department, own your world. I love the fact uh, the word empower is um, is such a great word, man. And I wish in business more entrepreneurs and business owners felt the way that and I, and I knew that we shared that, which is why I brought it up. We've talked about that at length on this show that, look, you, you have to empower people to grow. Right. All, the business owners who keep people down in their business and make them work in a track so that they can't ever grow are selfish bastards who shouldn't be running businesses. Empowering people is where you get the best. I mean, if you can create better leaders inside of your organization, selfishly, you're gaining more of your time back while at the same time you are empowering or in teaching, you're, you're bringing up the next wave of leaders that allows your company to grow. Um, and so many business owners don't do that because they're scared that people are going to leave and become their competition, which is the dumbest possible thing that you can be scared of. I mean, you just, you shouldn't be scared of that. You just shouldn't be because when they go start their own company, you have now multiplied out into the universe. And if you're good at creating leaders, you can create another one. That's right. Um, anyway, I, it's a, it's a pet peeve of mine. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a little bit passionate about that. I hate that piece of business. And the thing that really drives me nuts right now, guys, is, and I know you guys are seeing this in your city, it's all across the country, is there's big, there's this big wave of madness out there where people are pissed off at business owners because we take advantage of people because of because there are companies out there that do. Right. Yeah. So we've talked through two ad nauseum of the four. Can you name like just put all four of them in order really quick and let's 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 touch on the last two as well. I know that Rachel already touched on the last one, but let's let's just put them in order again so everybody knows what these are, your your yeah. blueprint. Absolutely, man. I mean, number one again was recipe or blueprint. Number two was massive action. Number three for me is is mentor or coach. You know, when I when I looked back at the mortgage company, one, one of the very first things that we did or that I realized as like a 22-year-old kid who opened this business that had no idea how to run a business. I had no education around running a business. I mean, I, I went out on a whim and opened that thing and, and quickly realized I'm over my, in over my head. I have no idea what I'm doing. And it just came into my mind, like, there has to be somebody that's already achieved where I'm trying to go. Let me seek them out. I found this guy named Greg Frost. For anybody that's been in the mortgage business, you know who he is. He was like the first guy to ever do a billion dollars worth of home loans. I had never been to a seminar. I had never been to a class. I didn't even know that stuff existed. And so I was just trying to find people who had succeeded at what I was trying to succeed at. And I found this guy and I went out and watched his presentation. He sold like these eight different modules of like how his underwriting department works, how his processing department works, how his marketing department worked, how post-closing worked. It was his blueprint for how he ran his business. 
broken into modules. And so I bought that and I remember I, I brought it back and I made everybody on our team come to work an hour early. And for an hour every morning, we would go through another part. I copied all of it for all of our staff. Everybody had their own little copy. And every day we went through another module of that and started to implement those things within our business. And, and that's when we really took off. Like that's when things started to change in a big, big way because we, we had we had a blueprint for the first time, you know, we had the, the blueprint of this guy, but then we also had him and a mentoring coaching capacity that when, when we ran it, cause like Rachel said, when you own your own business, you are kind of on an Island sometimes. Like wh where do we go next? Yep. You know, what, what, do, what do we do now? How do we overcome this objective? And unless you're talking to somebody that's overcome it before you're guessing and you can guess for a real long time and you can guess wrong a lot of the time and guessing wrong in business costs you money. Lots of money sometimes. For me, it just made more sense to find somebody who already had the answer and pay them a fraction of the cost of what it costs to make the mistakes. You know, and for us, uh, having somebody to guide us, having somebody to kind of hold our hand at times into into new endeavors, into expansion, and you know, things that we just hadn't experienced. You don't know what you don't know. So that was, yeah. you know, that that was a, a big piece. I'm sorry, I think I was supposed to name all four. I apologize. But number three was that was that mentor or coach. And then number four was the, was the vision component, like Rachel said, of what do you really want things to look like, you know, and, and quit subscribing to that. If I work really, really hard right now, someday I can have this life that I want because that's such bull crap. Someday may not come. 2007 might come and, and destroy you. But, you know, uh, it, it's, it's crazy, but. Or, or you may, you may wake up one day with a pain in your low back, like, like my buddy did when he was 45 and come out with stage four renal cancer. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, you, you, you literally do not know. None of us knows how many, how much time we've got. Right. And time is our most valuable and precious resource. And to plan our lives out, Rachel, like you were saying earlier, and to live by that plan, man, I'm telling you what, that, that is what free, that is the definition of freedom. Is to, is to be able to live your vision that you absolutely 100% plan. Not because somebody else told you that what's what you should be doing, but because that's what you wanted to be doing all along. Um, I love number four. I'm also a little bit passionate about number four as well. Just like you were, I could, I could kind of feel it coming out of you earlier when you were talking about it, Rachel. Uh, vision is a, is a big deal. Some people think it's some kind of fluffy thing. It's a big deal. Yeah. And if you think it's a fluffy thing, you've never put the time into it and remove those filters and then really said, visions are great, but you need that massive action plan that turns that vision into a reality also, right? So it's, Absolutely. these are the, this is how I want this life to be designed. Now, what are the steps I'm going to take in order to turn that into a reality? You, you turn that first element on your vision into a reality and you'll be a believer of what is possible. And it's, it's a game changer, an absolute game changer. I, I, love, the, I love the mentor thing. Um, when I first started in business, I didn't even realize I was doing it. Uh, Jason, I wasn't as conscious as you were that you were a 22-year-old kid that didn't know what they were doing and needed help. I was a little bit older than that when I first started in sales, but I was smart enough to know that that dude over there is outselling me like 10 to one. Yeah. So I'm going to go figure out what the hell that guy's doing. Um, and I went and rode with him for a week and didn't get paid to figure out what he was doing. Um, and amazingly enough, 
his quote blueprint um, works when Ron does it too. So uh, amazingly enough, my sales went up 10 X and from that day on, I have realized now I, I didn't back then I didn't call him a, a mentor. That's right. I, I didn't call him a, a coach. I just was smart enough to know that if somebody else is doing better than me, I need to go figure it out today. However, I happen to know that you guys uh, and I and every other person that I know that is wildly successful pays some human to do this, right? To be the eyes and ears, to have made the mistakes and to see what you can't see because you have blinders on uh, a mentor, a coach. Uh, everybody I know who is successful has one. They're absolutely critical. I was just... It's funny today I was just talking about yesterday I was talking about the compound effect and compounding the curve of the compound effect. It's so long. I mean, if you actually look at that, it's so long. It doesn't look like it even moves. And then all of a sudden it shoots up like you were talking about earlier, Jason. And I was telling people like, if you want to compress that, then you have to get a higher return. Right. The only way to compress that is to get a higher return. The only way to do that in business is to skip making all of the mistakes. And the only way to do that is to have a mentor. So if you want to compress the life cycle of your business and, and become successful faster, you must have a mentor who understands these kind of things and can see inside of your business from a place where they don't have blinders and they can clearly like you were talking about with the Spanish thing. I mean, you know, to, to grow into that from Eureka, I know where Eureka is. Um, that's that's impressive, man. It's really impressive, but it's just following these the structure that you're talking about. It's very very cool. So, recipe, massive action, mentor, vision, all of those equally important in my mind. Uh, I'm assuming you guys too. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but each of those are really really important critical pieces. I'd love for people to be able to find you guys. You guys have provided a massive amount of value today. I'll give you a second to think. I'd like to know what your just final thoughts are, both of you guys. Before we do that, um, uh, and, and Rachel, I'll, I'll do ladies first. I'm still a chivalrous man uh, on this, at least on the Get Real show we are. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do ladies first. But before that, Jason, um, where can people find you if they want to follow you like I do? Um, where, where would they go to get more information about Jason and Rachel and you guys' uh, well, all of your businesses and what you guys are doing? Man, certainly appreciate that. Obviously, uh, probably the easiest place to go is Facebook. For those of you that are on Facebook, just look, search REI Blueprint, our, our main page there. Um, we're doing a lot of uh, virtual events and things right now, obviously, because that's that's the way that it is, or, or www.reiblueprint.com. Whatever we can do to uh, help and serve, man, that's, that's what we're here for. Awesome. Rachel, final thoughts? Final thoughts, I'd say... Uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. If you want to be successful in business, there is no growth in your comfort zone. There never will be. And you really need to be grading yourself daily, weekly. How uncomfortable have I made myself? Because that's where your fear is lying at, right? And and probably that thing that you're most fearful of is exactly what you should be doing. And and that would be that'd be my final thought. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. I love that one. I love that one. See, it was ladies first. I'm gonna just go out on a limb and bet that it's ladies best. Jason, what do you got, man? I don't know. Well, yeah, um, since that was pretty there. good. 
since you threw the damn lady's first thing in there, man, she stole my idea. And now, 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 oh, yeah. now, no matter what I say, it's not. Of course. Um, Rachel, does that happen all the time where he just takes, where he just takes what you said and goes, yeah, that's what I was going to say, but she said it already. So now I don't, what do you got, You want to know his famous line is, what she said was, and then he just re-says what I say. That's his <laughs> that's famous line. Great. That's, that's famous great. One. No, I mean, I, I'll give a parallel. You know, my, mine is always, if I can't, I must. Um, I, I think what holds us all back is, is fear. Like Rachel was saying, it's fear of something. It's fear, fear of failure, fear of making a mistake, fear of, of losing money, uh, fear of not looking good, whatever it is. And, and what Rachel was saying, most oftentimes it's that thing that we're afraid of that's what we need to grow, that's what we need to do to, to get to the next level. And the people that I see are, that are ultra successful, you know, when, when Ron, I mean, we're, we're in circles where we see a lot of people. We see people who are, who are successful and we see people that aren't. And it's always interesting to me how, you know, 200 people can sit in an event and some of them leave and create something that's absolutely remarkable. And then some of them leave and absolutely nothing happens. And you say, how is that possible? How can, how can all the people hear the exact same message and some of them, their lives change extraordinarily and some life doesn't change at all. Why? Why? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what, make, what it makes me think about is why does that happen? And I think the biggest reason why is, is because of that fear. And one thing that I've tried to condition myself over the years, and it doesn't mean this is easy, but is that I, if I can't, I must. If there's something I'm scared of, if there's something that I'm nervous about, if there's something that makes me uncomfortable, bam, I just have to do it. Like I have to immediately do it. I have to, I condition myself to turn straight into it at every opportunity. And it's scary, um, you know, sometimes, but I will tell you that after years and years of doing that, it no longer becomes scary and it becomes, it becomes almost fun. It becomes like, I want to test myself. I want to put myself on the line because when I put myself on the line, I tend to show up. And, and when you show up, you win. When you don't show up, nothing happens and life stays the same. Automatic loss when you don't show up. Right. Automatic loss. Guys, that was terrific. Massive value for everybody out there. Guys, if you, um, if you want more of that, head on over to uh, Facebook, look up REI Blueprint, um, or you can go to reiblueprint.com. Jason and Rachel are the real deal, folks. Um, so, um, man, get out there and, and give them a look. At least follow them. See what they're doing. Check it out. And whatever you, whatever you took away from this, something, something I guarantee stuck out to you. And I will just echo what both of them said. Whatever it was, that's probably what you need. Yeah. So do it. Whatever it is that you felt like was a big, huge takeaway or an aha today, just don't don't sit there and mull about it. Just freaking go do it, will you? Um, so, guys, uh, if you like the episode, give us a like, share us the podcast around, give us uh, give us an, some honest feedback. You know, get in there, write us a review, honestly, what you think of the show. Uh, we really appreciate that. That has really helped us out. We're now growing kind of like that curve I was talking about earlier, and I really appreciate it because of all of you guys. So appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Until next time, get out there and make it happen. Thanks, guys. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.